chapter further revealed. What's going on, everyone? Episode 46, After Further Review, coming at you. We are excited to be here and excited to keep it rolling, almost on episode 50. Uh, how you guys doing tonight? Doing well. Hunkering in from the rain, hoping it was snow. But mm-hmm. other than that, enjoying the sports world. How about you guys? Oh, yeah. I've been hungry down. Got got that uh, winter season sickness going around, too. So COVID. you already know in the old home by myself tonight not in ben's basement so missing out there but we're chilling nice nice so tonight uh, a lot a lot of stuff happened last week national championship uh actually monday so that was big game we'll talk about that a little bit nfl big week season recap some wild uh coaching carousel moves and then some big uh, playoff matchups coming up and then some rare hockey talk and then just a little uh little talk of the big behemoth in the sports industry that we will not name until we need to. So <laughs> we're on tap for tonight and we're going to get into the national championship game. Harbaugh, as he said, gets to be at the big kid table now with his brother and dad's national championship to Michigan. So that's exciting. You guys, uh, any thoughts on it? <clears throat> yeah, I watched the game. And I was hoping that Washington was going to be a little more competitive against Michigan. And overall, if you're a Michigan fan, you're probably happy. They steamrolled. And now Jim Harbaugh probably has the flexibility to bounce if he wants to. And it seems like that's probably might happen, especially because the NCAA hasn't held him down their suspension to him. So it'd be interesting to see what his next moves are now that he's a champion and Finally got over that hurdle, and he choked a lot and in really bad fashion the last few years. So it's cool that he got to get that moment for himself. And it was cool that John was there to take it with him to, you know, experience him winning a championship now too. So, But overall, the game was a blowout. Michigan just was running the ball down Washington's throat. They can not really do a lot about it. And for Michael Penix, I think if he would have won that game last night, he would have been – a top five pick in the draft this year. I still think he's going to be a first rounder, yeah. but if he would have uh, beat Michigan in the national championship game, I think that would have been great for him. But Romo Dunze, uh, top wide receiver prospect, got the ball out, put his name in there. So next to Marvis Harrison Jr., he's going to be one of the top names called and then top five yeah. next year. So interesting to see. Do you think Harbaugh is leaving? I think so. I think there's just too much uncertainty if he gets suspended again. Incentive too. Yeah, and I think they Michigan has like a replacement in house, so it's not that okay. big of a change. And I don't know. It just seems likely. Like there's just too much that happened this year. There were so many different scandals and suspensions and self-imposed suspensions, and it's too much of a headache and. Not for nothing, but there's a lot of nice jobs open right now. So, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that they have a lot of options. That I mean, like teams that are decent, like you're not going into, you know, crap, crap shoots. Like teams with some talent on them. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers gig would be pretty nice. I mean, especially for him, you're getting. I think the teams with already an established quarterback is a good place to be. Outside of you know. Tennessee, I think, is a little wobbly. Carolina, obviously, I don't think anyone wants to work with that owner. No. Considering, like, he cans people really fast and he seems like a giant douche. So, yeah. might as well just stay away from that. But, yeah, I mean, he seems like he can really just pick where he wants to go and he can get the job. So, that's a lot of freedom he's going to have. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was at Michigan a while. I remember him back on the 49ers when they had the hardball Super Bowl right way back when but i mean just overall game wise chase were you rooting for michigan like is that i mean obviously it's a win for the big 10 in general but normally you know we hate michigan so i just didn't know if you were rooting for them and also is this like the epitome of the pac-12 they get like one last hope to show out and be like this is what you're gonna miss and then just completely 
you know, poop the bed and not even show up after they had a good game against Texas the week before. And yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, uh, it would have been cool for the Pac 12 for them to go out, but no, I was definitely not rooting for Michigan. I don't care about the Big Ten and I don't care about Michigan, especially. I wanted them to lose 59 to nothing to Washington. I wanted Michael Penix to have just an un- insane game and all the hype to come with it. I think he's a nice quarterback. I don't know if, like, how well it's going to translate to the NFL. I feel like accuracy can get like a little wild sometimes, but he's got a strong arm nonetheless and had nice weapons. But yeah, I really wanted Michigan to just fail. And especially on such a platform with Harbaugh possibly leaving, I was like, Oh, there'd be nothing better than for him to lose this game somehow. Yeah. Especially on like a coaching blunder or something that would have been magnificent. But yeah, I think for the PAC 12, you got to be happy for them. Michigan or you know, Washington went pretty far. They were a really dominant team all year. They beat a lot of teams. You know, Oregon had two cracks at them and couldn't do anything. So, you know, they really did did well. And just like for the Pac-12, I think at some point I'll have to do a little thing on the, on the conference and how it just totally crumbled. Yeah. Yeah, we should talk, talk about that and where every yeah. team is going and where they ended up from, like, the top teams, like – Washington, USC, Oregon, all them. From but the bottom ones too. Like that'd be cool to do a segment on that chase to fully break them down and yeah, yeah, and just yeah. do it. But yeah, no, I agree. And kind of just talking, you know, some of those guys and getting into NFL. Um, you know, season ended. Got some teams that are now in position one of which bears have some decisions to make first overall pick and i'm gonna ask you guys do they what would you do would you keep fields and move off that pick or would you go for a quarterback in that spot uh you want to go first chase you want me to yeah i'll go i would trade the pick because you already have another first round pick in the draft so you might as well just get more assets you could even probably get a player if you wanted to, since yeah. your needs are so specific. And I feel like Fields probably warrants maybe one more year because he hasn't had great talent, the coaching situation. I think he needs like a little bit more. And if they went out and got Marvin Harrison Jr. or somebody in the top, a top weapon like that, I, I think you have to give him one more year, especially. And I, I think he has a fifth-year option left, so he still like is technically on the books if they wanted to just try it. And if he sucks, then you lose and you have a losing record next year and you just get another quarterback. So I feel like it's a win-win for them. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I kind of agree that I think they should, if I think one more weapon in that offense, they could, you know, be a pretty good, pretty good offense. At least they need to address some stuff defensively too. But I think if they got Harrison, that'd be a big, a big weapon for fields. Yeah. yeah. Beginning of the season, I would have said draft a QB. I don't know Fields' numbers, but I mean, they won a bunch of games down the stretch here. Uh, but to give you an actual answer, Ben, I think whichever choice they choose is going to be the wrong choice. I just think it's the <laughs> Chicago Bears and they're going to mess it up. It's fair. Yeah. I mean, they get two cracks, at one of them being a star. Yeah, whatever position they pick it, but they're probably still going to hold on to both picks in the first round. So I think as long as you hit one, you're solid. You definitely want an Eagles type draft, though, where you get two defensive standouts who are both starters now on your defense. Yeah, right. They need to be a starter. The Texans last year, too. Yeah, Texans, too. I mean, they went back to back, so it was a little exaggerated. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice when you have like the top. Well, and they last year they won the last game of the year to not get the number one overall pick, and people were like, couldn't believe they did that, and it really worked out for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in retrospect, it's like if you looked at the measurables, you'd probably be like, yeah, CJ Stroud probably is probably gonna have a better yeah career, but he just has more weapons. Yeah, he's got more weapons, and I mean, Bryce Young is just constantly just fleeing for his life <laughs> he's got yeah. no time to try and um and they just 
and now they're just stuck because they got they don't have any great draft capital and they're just the owner they just need to sell the team david temper's terrible but everyone knows that this, I mean, from the beginning, the Frank Reich hire, and we all knew it was a terrible. Yeah, we talked about how it was not a good hire. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, no, I mean, they have a lot of things to change, and you're not going to lure a bunch of free agents to your team acting that way. So yeah. he's really kind of put themselves in a pickle. And not having a first-round pick with that young team is not good. No. But looking at some other teams, so surprising winners, surprising losers this year. Um, what are I know for me the probably the biggest. I mean, I guess the biggest like surprise is the Browns with four different quarterbacks yeah. just doing what they did and getting eleven and six. If you had told me that they'd go through four quarterbacks and at the end of the season, Flacco would be their quarterback and they go eleven and six, I would have never believed you <laughs> yeah who wait i can only think of three off the top of my head who are all four again tom uh the rookie dtr dtr i remember flacco flacco um, and uh pj walker oh that's um, right walker i forgot pj walker had a stint too yeah oh my gosh what a pile of misfits at qb for the browns 11 wins that'd be my like biggest surprise um yeah, I'd say the Browns and Texans are neck and neck for yeah. me. Yeah, I've nice heard Texans is really good. The fact that they, I mean, besides the Jags completely choking, the J- Texans winning 10 games, division title, you know, mm-hmm. home playoff game. I don't, for a first-year head coach, first-year QB, I mean, it's exciting if you're a Texans fan. That's definitely one of the biggest surprises for me. I mean, I love D'Amico Ryans. We thought that was a good hire, so we should have done more best with our coaching hires, yay or nay, because we hit on a bunch of those. But, um, yeah. And the Packers, I mean, getting in, you know, getting in the playoffs this year, I know kind of sneaking in there, but that's still a win for them. Um, I don't really anticipate them getting a win, um, but still just a win to get in the playoffs. Yeah, and I haven't heard a lot about a lot of people talking about Jordan Love, but I feel like it wasn't garbage. No, like it was a pretty like top twenty quarterback for the year. Oh, for sure, and especially with the way quarterback quarterback play was in general. Um, Yeah, and he had a bunch of young rookie receivers. It's not like he was coming in with like you know a Devontae Adams or somebody. I mean. I think the most tenured receiver is like Dobbs and uh Do they have Cobb again or no? No. No. Oh. Christian Watson. Yeah, I Christian Watson. Like the two yeah. oldest receivers. And that's and not Watson really saying a lot. It's like a second year. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like he and even their tight ends aren't really old. Yeah. You know, they're younger guys. So pretty impressive, I I would say. And I talked to a Packers fan who didn't want this to happen at all. They wanted the team to lose, get a good draft pick, but I understand that too. I've seen a couple. Yeah, last night out, I saw someone wearing some Packers gear. Today at work, some guy was wearing a Packers hat. So, so they're slithering out of what works. I hope they get stomped this weekend. But hey, to uh, be fair, there's one guy in our neighborhood that every like Saturday night and Sunday morning puts out like a bunch of Commander stuff every week. And I'm just like, you know what? You're loyal to your team. I respect it. Yeah. yeah. You're loyal to an actual garbage can. Yeah. While we're, while we're talking about um, winners here, I feel like we have to give some credit to the Tampa Bay Bucks, both Todd Bowles, Baker Mayfield. Honestly, their whole team, we knew they had a good team. This is one of those situations like with the Brady-Belichick era, Brady leaves, the Patriots suck, and everyone's like, oh, all the credit – Here's to Brady, it was all him kind of deal is how you can look at it. Well, Brady leaves the Bucs, and they plug in tiny Baker Mayfield, and they win the division. Not a great year, but Brady the last year or two, not great regular seasons either. And you have virtually a good chunk of the same team, and that's three straight um, NFC South titles for the Bucs. And I just want to give a shout to to Mayfield, Todd Bowles, the, I mean the whole team. Because they dealt with injuries and stuff too this year, but you know, 
Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin, they showed up, they helped out Bakes, and they get a home playoff game again. And not much of a difference between this year and Brady's last year. So I just have to give everyone in that organization some props because you lose someone like Brady, you you could easily fall apart like the Pats did. And they had Bill Belichick and a bunch of players stayed there. But yeah, the Bucks. I mean, uh, Baker Mayfield definitely turned, you know, turned some heads this year and kind of made people think about, you know, former first overall pick. And he had a great bounce back year from kind of bouncing around last year. But definitely credit to Mike Evans. I mean, this is to open his career now 10 straight years of a thousand plus yards, which is just crazy. Um, He's a free agent at the end of this year. So I don't know how much, I mean, he hasn't showed any signs of slowing down. Is that maybe something that like a team like the bears looking to add weapons? Like, I mean, get someone like that for Justin Fields and that'd be a, you know, a good veteran wide receiver for a younger quarterback. But yeah, definitely. Like you said, the bucks, you know, Great overall yeah. season for them. Also, yeah. are we done talking about winners? Sure. I Biggest loser, Tennessee Titans. <laughs> I talk about him every week. Mike Rabel on the coaching carousel. No, we'll get to it. He was one can. I like Rabel. I don't understand what happened to them this year. You needed 11 wins to win that division. Um, and the last game of the season, too, I watched Derrick Henry rush for over 150 yards. He looked still fresh, age 30. He got his touches and he did stuff with it. And I just going as his going away game. I know. I, I mean, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, yes, sir, <laughs> I'll take him, I'll him right up. Come on. But now, most disappointing year for them. I mean, they had a similar situation, they had some. Some quarterback carousel carousel play throughout the year, like the Browns did, and I don't know. I thought Brable was better than that. I thought they could have put Henry in better position. I mean, their offensive line sucked. Probably a big part of why they went six and eleven. But by far my biggest loss, last place in the AFC South, and I don't know where they're going after this. But no longer gonna ever jump on the Titans train again. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't I'm think gonna, I have a big loser from this year. I'm going to put the Jets as a loser. Not necessarily their full body work, but just the expectations going into the year. Just, I mean, literal like Super Bowl type expectations with the team around Rodgers and Rodgers. And for the way it just happened is just such a typical thing for the Jets, but I think overall just the drama with the quarterback each week and not having a competent backup like we've seen some teams overcome this year just kind of hurts. So just another year with no playoffs for the Jets, Twelve, I think 12 years now, so 12 years. So, yeah, that's that's rough, especially with just an expanded playoffs like – that's I don't know what the longest in the NFL is right now, but Jets have to be up there. Yeah, you should you know, get stack out on that right now. Check that yeah. out. I would like to see. Actually, also- I was going to say, my biggest loser is definitely the Broncos. This was a, I forgot about this, but yeah, Sean Payton blasted Nathaniel Hackett in the offseason. Oh, yeah. For being a true. bum coach, and then he went under 500, so he's a bum coach. So yeah. they can both suck each other's nuts this offseason. Well, he, him, I mean, he did Wilson dirty. Wilson, like stat wise, is probably top 10 as far as stats in the in the league. Like, I don't. Yeah, they know, were still in the hunt when they benched him, too. I don't know yeah. what all that He's clearly was. just trying to get a quarterback in the draft and just develop him on his own, I guess. I don't know. That organization is, they, they, Right LA now, was yeah, a, they might be worse. They may be the they, worst. They LA was a great player. Oh, sorry. They haven't had a winning record since 2016 either. Jeez. Yeah. LA was a great player, but he's a terrible. Yeah. Yeah, they're not, they're not good. They need some help. But so yeah. long as playoff droughts, the Broncos is number two with eight years. 
and number one is the Jets at 13 years. And it sucks now, too, because the Pats have been sucking. Like, it's like the Pats started sucking, but the Bills and the, the Dolphins both just got, you know, top-notch. And come on, you got to find some room. The Jets got to get in there. They got to find if, – if Rodgers comes back, they got to find at least a wild card spot. It's next crazy year. the Redskins all-time, the St. Louis Cardinals – were 19 or 25 years 1949 and 1974 and then the redskins 1946 to 1971 25 year drought Dang. This, you said st louis cardinals yeah like the baseball team i think they were the cardinals yeah, they were but more recently it was the browns at 17 till 2020 and then the bills at 17 till 2017 so Okay, so that's that's 17 years of my life when the Browns didn't make it. <laughs> so hopefully the Jets break that soon. Yeah. Yeah, they deserve to. They deserve you... to somehow back into at least one playoff. I just game. want a wild card game. That's all I want. It's not, that yeah. it's not too much to ask. <laughs> Ryan, yeah, bouncing, from, bouncing from one top top team to another top team wait what i said you're just bouncing from one top team to another top team hey listen the number one seed last year and then you got the number one seed this year on a new team no number two ben we're the two seed i forgot and i've never made a jump before and this was not merely a bandwagon jump no i'm not saying that no 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 but yeah i know it's it's definitely very good a good situation for for me to be in um and yeah i mean talk about the cowboys winning the nfc east the division still hasn't had a repeat since the eagles in like the early to mid 2000s which is still just ridiculous i mean at this point it's the eagles and cowboys going back and forth but i'm super pumped with the way the cowboys finished this season they kept the starters in the fourth end of the third quarter, fourth quarter of this past weekend's game too long. I just kept thinking of that, that Bradley Chubb injury that happened last week. And I'm like, please take these guys out. There's no point. I don't care if you're trying to run the ball or, you know, this, that, or the other thing, get them out, get them rested for next week. And honestly, I wanted the Packers. I don't want to like come on here and give like a five minute spiel on why the Packers is the best matchup for the Cowboys. Cause it's the NFL. Anything can happen. But I, Packers are used to playing up north in the cold, and just I still don't think Matt Lafleur is that great of a coach. Um, so I, I'm excited for this matchup. Seems a little bit of NFL scripty to have McCarthy versus the Packers, and that last time they played was the the Dez catch, I think, and then the uh, the the Lions get the Rams and Jared Goff and Matt Stafford going at it. So. I don't know if it was a little NFL scripty or not, but Browns, Texans. Yep. <laughs> sure. I didn't even think about that one. I mean, uh, Watson's not playing, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the Browns are favored in that game. Dang. It's I, in Houston, right? Yeah. Huh. That's a yeah, The Browns are two and a half point favorites. Huh. I, I like no Flacco, but. No way. Are they they're a lot they're banking on some playoff Flacco, aren't they? I mean, I guess. Jeez. That's a I feel like that's a lofty expectation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just looking at the brackets and Ben, I don't know if you have our brackets or not. I have we, ours, can, yeah. we can touch on them too, but it's we talk about the parody, and that's what the NFL wants. They added a team. I mean, there's more athletes than ever before, right, playing the game at a high level. So just just a quick glance, the AFC, that 3-6, the Chiefs having to host Miami. That's like, right. ooh, that, that could be a first-round exit for the Chiefs, and, you know, they're, they're the modern-day Pats. But I, I could easily see Two ain't getting the job done. He disappears in these situations. Yeah, but Ben Tyreek's Hill returned to Arrowhead. <laughs> oh, there's the other. Oh, there you go. I didn't even think about that one. <laughs> oh, I can I see just it feel happening. Like just doesn't show up in, in like like I feel like against the Bills, he just kind of disappeared. 
Oh yeah, and he didn't show up to Baltimore either. Yeah, I don't. I never really liked two in general. I mean, I he he had so many concussions. Who knows his like his vision? Like I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah true. he might be a robot at this point. He could be. He might be like Joe Biden dead, and they just yep. wheel him out. Yeah, exactly. But Ryan, you did have the Chiefs in the three spot, so you got that right. Oh, give me the green, baby. Yeah, and you had an AFC. You had the right division against the Chiefs. Just had the Jets. So. Oh. Oof. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. yeah, no. I, I, I honestly I, this my bracket probably doesn't look that good, but the Jags lost this weekend. So you guys realize we went 0 7 in our AFC <laughs> parlay for the over unders. Oh gosh. Only room to improve next year. Yeah. No. We have to improve next year. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, I mean, but as bad as your bracket looks. From that point of view, there's still like the the championship. All of our championships are still possible. So that's except mine, but everyone else's is. Okay, and so Chase has the rematch: Chiefs, Eagles. I yeah. have Bills, Good. Cowboys, and I had Ravens, Saints. So okay. Hey, Saints almost snuck in there, man. Yeah. Two tiebreakers. Their part. I'm still high on the Rams. I think the Rams can get the job done against the Lions. Yep. Oh I yeah. Think can, I think they can get that win. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they can make a run easily. Probably the most scariest wild card team. Oh, ever. there's another one. Stafford traded for golf. Man, I already said that. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, my bad. It's okay. <laughs> basically, every matchup. I mean, yeah. classic. Also, I've done a great job at changing. By the way, you're talking about me team flipping this year. I think this just proves how much I'm not as passionate about the NFL. Because, like, low-key, I want Bakes and the Bucks to beat the Eagles. Low-key. <laughs> I did not want it when Tom Brady was there, but now I'm like, I don't know. I, I feel like the Bucks winning without Brady would just be – it'd be like the opposite of what happened with the Pats and kind of riding with them right now. Plus, it'd be – Eagles have completely sure. Yeah. I don't think they finish with the same – them and the Jags both finished like one and five, one and six. Obviously, the Jags is worse because they missed the playoffs. But the Eagles have completely—I've never seen a ten and one team look like that with, and they haven't even had significant injuries. I don't know what you think, Chase. I think the loss of all their coordinators are really, really started affecting them later in the season. Yeah, yeah, the defensive side. Yeah, yeah, the defense, and they've just been wobbly. Something seems not right with the team. So, I don't know. I know people are pointing at A.J. Brown being a diva, and that could be, but I don't see how one guy could have the whole – because you could say that about the Bills then and Stephon Diggs, and he doesn't seem to have, like – he doesn't seem to have, like, captured their locker room to the point where they're so wobbly. I mean, I think that game against the Bills, the Eagles game against the Bills, just really was, like, physically one that just – kind of ruined their last half of the season. I mean, it was a duel. It was bad weather. It went into overtime. Like, I think that just a lot of wear on guys. And especially how close it was. Yeah. Probably just put them, like, a little on the edge. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But they're definitely on shaky ground. And like you're saying, Ryan, a team like the Bucks, they they're playing with house money. They squeaked in, got into the playoffs, and now – they have a chance to like dethrone some a team that just can't get things rolling. Yep. Yeah. And I I also I'm just gonna come out and say I think Nick Sirianni's kind of garbage as a coach. Like at first they're winning a lot of games and he fits the Philly atmosphere and he does what the fans want him to do, but when things get tough, he seems like he's just crumbling up and just not coming up with anything no type of I mean I grew up with Andy Reid as an Eagles fan and you know like one of the greats at being able to adjust throughout games and I just don't think Nick Sirianni has those have those capabilities I mean even with Jalen Hurts as your QB <clears throat> but yeah we'll, we'll see I think any team has a chance to lose this weekend I'm really excited for the Cowboys matchup and I really hope they can it can get this dub, but 
Jason, you get the rest, so enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be taking in all the other action this weekend and rooting for the teams I despise to lose and the teams I want to do some damage to win. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and just before we move on from the NFL real quick, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. I'm sure you guys saw Arthur Smith, Saints game at the end, uh, kind of salty. Saints kind of go up in victory formation and then give uh, Williams the teeter to while the game was, it was, what, 41-17, and they went in victory formation and got the touchdown. Arthur Smith was hot. I don't know if you guys saw it or you guys think it was like out of line. I mean, Arthur Smith probably knew he was about to get fired anyway, so that probably also made him more hot. But why did they do that? I didn't even see that. Jameis basically just like said, we just decided as a team, and the coach basically threw him under the bus, which I also don't like. But yeah, because Jamal Williams didn't have a touchdown all year. Uh, I, I, think, I, I thought it was going to be one of those like um, bonus pays or something. Well, that's what I don't like. I just I hate when the coaches like in baseball when like they hit a grand slam up like ten to four. It's like then play better. <laughs> just like throw a better pitch or yeah, I, don't, I, yeah, I know. It's like well then play. stop them. Like make a yeah. goal line stand. It's not impossible. Like, right. Like you don't you exactly. You don't know what like ass. Yeah, you don't know what like incentives these guys have. Like some of those incentives are pretty worthwhile, and so why not? Yeah, that's intense. They were in victory formation, though. Like they were like they were yeah. kind of taking me. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Like you said, I I get the it's sports. It's a combination of sportsmanship and play better. Um, but I don't know. What were the Falcons? I guess they were technically playing to get in still. They were still alive going into the game, but yeah, they were. But there were plenty of games and teams that I mean, the Titans had no chance to win and they were trying to win the whole game. So, I mean, the Saints, it gets to a point where, like you said, it's the end of the season. You don't know if you're going to make the playoffs. I'll show you the clip at some point, Ryan. He just like the game ended basically. He just like went up. He like ran out to the middle of the field to the other coach, just like yeah, screaming. Pull it off. Uh, pull it up right now. I want to see. Yeah, it. he was going off. Share just your screen. Absolutely screaming at the other coach. That was pretty funny. It was pretty. By the way, funny. Arthur Smith will be fine. He'll get a job. His dad owns FedEx, so he's fine. He's probably oh, the most fine person ever. His, oh, okay. Well, I don't feel bad for him. No, I've never felt bad for that guy. I feel like you're fine. Yeah. I like just being an NFL coach was just like a fun gig that he just excelled at. I don't know. He kept flipping back and forth between Ritter and Heineke. I don't know if he was making the right calls. I just think he never used Bijan enough. Okay. We had a good old fashioned coach argument. Oh, oh. We don't get these too much anymore, but they're all. Oh, all right. So I'm just showing you. Can you guys see this? Yeah, it's a little small, but I can see it. All right, I can make it. Well, I can't switch out of this portrait mode while we're live. All right, you're good. I can see it. I can see it enough. So this was the play. So they're going to (laughs) go. All right. Hold on. Okay. So they're in victory formation. And then at some point, they're going to go. Oh, I see. And then you can see at the end. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, he's he's so mad. mad his mustache fell off. <laughs> he's like so pissed. So he just. Oh, goes, he didn't even oh. congratulate the other coach? No. So. He yeah, the other coach, coach was just like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But anyway, so I just I don't know what you guys thought of that. I mean, whoever coaches next will maybe use Bijan more than he did. But it's it's like remember when Jim Harbaugh and Jim Schwartz had that like weird thing? No, Jim Schwartz. I haven't heard of him in a minute. It was when he was coach of the Lions and he was mad at Jim Harbaugh for something and like I forget what it was. It was like their handshake maybe. 
Oh my gosh. It was literally like watching like two fifth graders like try to get in a fight. Oh my gosh. Well, from uh coaches flying into the middle of the field and getting uh getting kind of crazy, let's go on to some hockey and talk some flyers. So we don't usually talk hockey. Uh Chase, there's some a flyer thing or two maybe you wanted to touch on. Um maybe inform the viewers who aren't who are casual hockey fans like Ryan and I and gives us a little information too. Yeah. So the Flyers this year playing actually pretty well. 20, 14, and 6 on the year. And uh, you know, overall in the conference that puts them fourth right now in the Eastern. So oh, wow. not too bad. They're playing pretty well above expectations. Kind of pisses me off if you're gonna ask me, you know, non nondescript, but I think it's just kind of a waste. But whatever. They're competitive and that's the biggest thing. And a lot of their young players are really coming on and one of those young players that you're hoping to expect to contribute, especially at the end of the year after he finishes his uh, season at college, is Cutter Gautier. And last night, out of nowhere, unexpectedly almost, you get the news that he's been dealt to Anaheim for Jamie Drysdale and a 2025 second-round pick. And initially, I'm shocked. Like, this is a big thing for me. Cutter Gautier is maybe a year and a half into being a pro. He just got drafted with the Flyers not too long ago. And uh, doing a little more digging today, it comes out that Danny Briere, the Flyers GM, had a, preference, a press conference last night, and he went into depth about why they ended up dealing Cutter. And it stems off the fact that at some point earlier this year, he decided to go black with the organization and just not respond to respond to them at all and just decided he didn't want to play for the Flyers anymore. And wouldn't contact them, wouldn't reach out and just kind of made it known that he didn't want to be a flyer or, and he hasn't even played for them. He's been at Boston college this entire time since they picked him a year and a half, two years ago at this point. So really just no context out of nowhere. The flyers haven't admitted to anything on their end, but recently he just competed in the World Juniors. The Team USA won in Sweden. It was a big, big ordeal, especially at the you know World Hockey level for Team USA to win. And Cutter went off in that tournament. It was was a player uh, who won a you know a lot of awards during this tournament. So his stock was never going to be higher. And off the heels of that, the Flyers flew to Sweden to meet with him and his family, and himself refused to even talk to the Flyers. So. They went all out of their way to do multiple things, and he decided he doesn't want to. And in return, the Flyers get a right-shot defenseman, which in hockey is pretty – it's like a unicorn-level thing. It doesn't really happen a whole lot to have somebody who's a great skater who can still be offensive. And he was a top five or a top seven pick in the 2020 NHL draft. So the Flyers got back somebody who's going to start for them immediately versus Cutter Gauthier, who is still in college and – he does. He project right now. He's a second line center behind Will Smith, who was a top pick this past year. And of course, Will Smith. yeah, of Will, Smith. Will Smith. Yeah, of course, there's another Will Smith, and uh, <clears throat> pretty good. He's so good that he's starting over Cutter Gauthier. And during the press conference last night, Danny Briere kept referring to him as just a left winger. So it kind of shows you what they felt for him. Maybe he was a little mad about that that he wasn't going to get the time. And uh, there's a lot of wild conspiracies about why he wanted to leave whether it was the coaching staff kevin hayes a former player if he had anything to do with this because he kind of threw a bunch of bombs on his way out of the flyers last year and you know he was cutter had a kind of a close ties with him so interesting news from the flyers they really haven't done anything you know they've been flying on under the radar and doing well so to speak a lot of the young guys and just out of nowhere, this comes up. So we'll see. Jeremy Drysdale probably is going to play at least tomorrow or, you know, in this week. So get up close action. He missed a lot of games last year with a big injury, but he's back. So interesting to see the Flyers, <clears throat> especially for their development. Now that they have a young piece, a defenseman, you know, it was a need for them going into this year and they filled it. So now it kind of speeds up their processes. And like we touched on, Matt Faye Michkov eventually coming over. So, just another piece long-term wise for the Flyers to have to build on and somebody that they covet and somebody that wants to play here moreover. So how's yeah. the rookie you were excited about that you guys just picked doing this year? 
I haven't heard any updates, but he was doing well. Uh, his team wasn't playing him, so he got loaned to another team. Oh my gosh, that's that's so confusing to me. <laughs> yeah, it's annoying, and I don't. Something was happening with the team that he was originally playing for, but at that point too, he was playing a bunch of different positions on the ice. He was playing wing and center, which is good to see. So if he has that versatility and he can play both competently and still be a center overall, that's obviously a win for the Flyers. So hopefully I haven't heard anything if he can come over sooner, but it still projects to be like two years away at this point. But mm-hmm. definitely exciting. And, uh, you know, on the on the front of them playing well, it's good up front to have young guys win and do it the right way. So I feel like even if they bottom out some point later this season or even next week, at least they're getting that experience and still getting a good draft pick overall. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're 40 games in halfway through the season and right now they're the first wild card team. I think that's the equivalent of the seven seed um, out of the top eight teams to make the playoffs uh, for hockey. And I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing competitively. I know they just lost to the Penguins the other night, but Konecki, I feel like is he he's going to be an all-star, right, Chase? Yeah. So I don't know. I'm trying to think. I'm sure the Flyers have had all-stars here and there, but they're kind of like the Jets where they haven't really been playoff-type relevant in a decade, right? So it's just it's just cool to see right now, and I agree. I like the move. I, I, I don't follow the Flyers as close as you did, but I did look into it a bit. I like the move. It's not like they're still trying to win now, but it it helps them, you know, play competitive still. And whether they win or lose the rest of the season, I finally think we're on our way up. I think. Yeah. So. And the biggest key is having two competent goalkeepers. Obviously, Carter Hart to your franchise, but Samuel Erson has played extremely well, and especially for a backup goalie to have two people do it i mean the flyers haven't had a real legitimate goalie stability in almost 40 years so the fact that they finally got somebody who's young you can build around and he'll be here other than just patchworking with like a brisgalov or steve mason or name it the people they've just shuffled in and out just to keep somebody back there and none of it's worked it was super expensive and now they have two legit goalies who can be, you know, top 15 both tandem, which is pretty insane. So it gives you trade flexibility and it gives you right now just legitimate talent and the goalies. So it's nice to add a defender too because with Carter Hart, that should be a priority is just having him get help in front because he can't, he's a really good goaltender. He's young, but he can't do it all himself. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes for any sport. If you get a young quarterback, you better have an offensive line. Like if you invest in like the player who's going to help you, you better have people around him. Yeah, I yeah. like it. Especially in hockey. And one thing I wanted to ask you, Chase, I saw that uh, the Maple Leafs offered their biggest contract ever to Whipple, William Nylander. Yeah. And it was an eight-year, $92 million <laughs> contract. And I was just thinking how different the money is. Yeah, gel compared to like like that's like such a rich contract in the NHL, and that would be like a I don't know. I'm just trying. That would be like that's a like an NBA like a Roman type contract yeah. in MLB or like something like that or like, like a, a four or five. <laughs> yeah, it's like back end stuff. It's like NBA six man. Like you're saying that a number four or five pitcher. Like yeah, know, like. Uh, just crazy. I was like, dang. I, yeah. I mean, I know obviously it's not as popular as, and there's the money isn't there the same, but just, and Toronto, he's going to get taxed by on like 60% of that. No oh, doubt. yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. And especially because I feel like those guys are really talented too. So I'm surprised the money hasn't. That's probably why they play it. for so long. <laughs> yeah. It's just crazy. Like, most guys are making like five million average, Jeez. like a really good player, like five to twelve. Yeah, and that's still a lot. Just like compared yeah. to other sports, just. But in basketball, you could be making twelve million and play ten minutes a game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, NBA, the I mean, hockey. What do you have? Like 
three to four lines, like what are roster size? Cause that's obviously the NFL and baseball are popular. And so is the NBA and the NBA has the luxury of small rosters, but I feel like hockey, you know, being the fourth, probably the fourth most popular sport in the United States right now. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like the roster sizes are bigger. I, I mean, know. just Pickleball think hot. Just think, yeah, but just think if baseball or the NBA was as popular as the as hockey, like with the regular seasons being long, like there would just be a lot less interest just with game plan stuff. And I don't, what is a roster size chase for the NHL? Is it like thirty guys? Yeah, I think it's like twenty. Twenty. Similar to baseball, maybe. like similar to a baseball. Yeah, similar. Like. Yeah, it's less than thirty. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah, I get that basketball smaller, but like, why do they make so much? Yeah, like it's they make like the price of like two people, and the it's contract like, last like good. I mean, it's like a hard sport, but it's not like literally bench guys are making so much money, and I don't understand. Like, you bring yeah. so little value, and so. hopefully, the NHL has like a really good dental plan for all their players because. <laughs> Most of those guys oh, yeah. need it. I don't think they care, honestly. <laughs> I think they would give it to them and they'd be like, take it, take it off. Yeah. But yeah. all right, well, good good talk with NHL, informative chase, and because I always learn a lot when you talk about it because I don't follow it nearly as much as the other sports. So I pre I appreciate it. I'm yeah, sure a lot of our yeah Chase, I do. I like it too. Thank you. So, just a couple of current events I'm going to talk about real quick here. Oh, let's get in it. I forget. What's the name of this segment? Yo, I forget the name. Of this I don't know. Segment. It's just going to be some current events. It was a segment once upon a time. Oh, it's probably fine. in our segment section on our doc. But so first off, I just want to talk about Fanatics real quick. And that was the name of kind of like Voldemort name you don't mention. But um, so quickly, it's on the sports card side. Um, for those that don't know, they're basically the now the new norm in the sports card space but one of the things they did is they did this taco fractor is what it was called in tops chrome and i don't know if we talked about it previously but it was for the world series so it's been a little while and i haven't really spoken on it at all but basically what they did is a taco fractor they're basically numbered to five and they had one for a bunch of players and the prom promotion was they didn't announce it right away that something in the world series for one of the players it, you would get a prize and they didn't say what it was but basically it became the first player to get a stolen base if you had that taco factor of that guy and again there's only five of them out there then you win a fifteen thousand dollar taco bell gift card so it was first of all people were like on ebay like people were paying like ten thousand dollars for like the corbin carroll taco fractor without knowing what the prize was and then to find out it was just fifteen thousand dollar gift card to taco bell which i don't know if i if like if that was the prize that does not excite me that much like yeah that's a lot of money but holy crap um so that was like that was the prize and like people were kind of disappointed especially because they took so long to announce it um so it was Cattell Marte, so anyone who had that card. Um, but the other thing that's happening is that they're basically in a fight with Panini, the other card company, with the licenses. And so now they're just signing athletes exclusively because they're still trying to get the licenses for the – for like right now they only have the MLB license, so they're still trying to get the NBA and the NFL license. So they're signing guys exclusively to their brand. So Fanatics has like CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, but they don't have – NFL license. So basically there are no licensed like autograph cards of those guys because Tops can't make them and now Panini can't make them. So it's basically like like mom and dad fighting and no one gets like a rookie card of who they want essentially. And and now it's like going on for the next class. So like Tops exclusively signed like Drake May and Caleb Williams and Bo Nick. So now there's going to be no like, and it's just the whole thing is just basically only hurting consumers. And it's such a stupid like thing that they're doing on top of a lot of other stupid things that they're doing. But yeah, I'm not a fan of, they're basically like a monopoly coming into the sports card industry and they're all about making money and they're all about their breaks and they have all their gambling stuff going on. So they're, they're like turning a lot of 
cards into gambling and that's what they're doing and it's disgusting <laughs> that's my rant i'm done with them anyway yeah i second that fanatics is a gross company for somebody that holds all the sports stuff apparel wise and never stock it you suck why do you even advertise that you sell it because you don't and you don't have any good answers so i don't understand like what you do with all the merchandise that you allegedly sell so thanks fanatics michael raven you suck i used to like you you were cool you own part of the sixers but since you sold the sixers you've turned into a total jackass your company sucks you ruin things for everyone on multiple fronts I just feel like they're doing too much. Yeah, how about just like actually do good business and not just get a bunch of stuff and then not yeah, do anything about it? They're growing. They're trying to do. They're going to grow. They're growing more than they can handle. Is like what it seems, and they're just trying to. In the card industry, it's like I don't know. It, it's going to be there no matter what you do to it. So don't ruin it. Like. You can add certain things if you want to add them. I know Ben. You, there's a bunch of bunch of things that you like um that's been coming out of tops through fanatics but like just don't ruin it yeah and they i mean they have so many like sports cars they have so many products like that release each week i don't know the like the money as far as like how much it costs to make but like they are just i mean they are making so so much money it is insane i don't know how much um i mean they've done some cool things too like they did this whole thing where they, if anyone pulled like this Victor Wembanyama car, they flew him out to like Texas to meet him and stuff like that's cool, I guess, because they have more of that player relation. But they're like printing these things to ridiculous amounts. And there's like hobby boxes, people, they're like charging like two grand for these boxes and making like, I mean, they're just, they're rolling in money off this stuff. Um, that's why I like collecting like early 2000 stuff because it's not as, printed to the moon but anyway the end of that fanatics garbage garbage pail um but in other news we had a big fight announcement this past week um chase i sent it to you earlier in the week but big fight announcement anthony joshua fighting nganu yeah that's a that's a big one and it basically cements the fact that Francis Ngannou is a top, legit heavyweight contender going against somebody who was a former cha- uh, t- you know, champion himself. So big for Ngannou. I'm really impressed. I think this kind of pushes back even further his MMA career, and I don't even know if it's going to happen anymore at this point. I mean, he's already 39, right? So... Yeah, I thought I don't know what the, I thought he had a fight with the PFL, but I I can't imagine him fighting before March, like before the beginning of March. At this point, I can't imagine that's going to happen. Yeah, and just the more and you know whatever he went to the UFC, he made a name for himself. He won the belt, and if he never wants to fight MMA again, then whatever he went out on top, and I can't really take that away from him, and I can't be mad at it. I'd like yeah. to see it more, but you know. Getting to see him still do something and doing something that he's legitimately passionate about is probably something that I should also be excited for too. So, you know, and it's against quality opponents and not like, it's not like a Jake Paul thing where he's just fighting old guys, hack guys, guys (laughs) you never heard of. And it's like, okay, great. This is a waste of 20 minutes of my life. Like, and Gano brings it. He showed a lot of promise. His last fight showed a lot of things I never knew he could do. So, and he's that type of fighter. Even in MMA, he would do that. And I'm really looking forward to this fight. Seeing what he's able to do against Anthony Joshua, it's a perfect opponent for him. Yeah, that was a great fight, and I think it'll be a really entertaining. Now that people in the boxing community will take him seriously too, especially after what he did against Fury. So yeah, um, and then last current event here. Um, so Montez Sweat is the first player in NFL history to lead two different teams in sacks during the same season. The same season? So he led the Bears and the Commanders in sacks with six and six and a half. Six for – actually, I don't know which team he had six and six and a half, but he led the Bears and Commanders in sacks this year. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's crazy. 
That's insane. That's an insane stat. I mean, six isn't a lot, but that's wow. What the <laughs> no, heck? No, I thought you were gonna no say... teams. <laughs> I thought you were gonna just say the same two different teams. <laughs> I mean, not... to have 12 and a half on the year is pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah. it's not bad. By the no, way, I mean he was consistent. Speaking of double digit sacks, Jadevian Clowney never been double digit sacks in his career. That's insane. Wow. So that the fact insane. that Montez Sweat had six and six on two different teams, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah I guess Matt, I guess Clowney just he tops yeah. out at nine. That's yeah, and he played those years in the Texans with JJ Watt, who got a, probably a ton of attention. Oh yeah. Yeah, wow. he's He's had plenty of chance. He played with in Cleveland with Miles Garrett, had chances. Like he's definitely had good running mates, but never got over the double digit hump. Wow. That was by the way, I was watching that Jadavian Clowney play the other day from when he was on LSU, right? Oh, when he was in South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said LSU. Yeah, when he was on South Carolina, and I didn't realize the play before was like this controversial first down where they like marked the ball short and the ref still gave him the first. And the very next play, he literally just blows. I forget he, who even blows up. It's just, I just remember being like number one on Sports Center for however many weeks in a row. It was, that play was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. One well, speaking of sacks, Khalil Mack, I just say finished with 17, got up to 101.5. So his all time at 32, his all time best year as far as sacks are concerned. Did that just solidify himself as a Hall of Famer? I would, I mean, I would think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's probably, he's probably like a five to six time pro bowler. He's got, he's been a defensive player of the year. He got over 100. Yeah. yeah. I, and he's, he said he's not retired. Like he said, he's not. He's still playing next year. So I, I would think he's still. I would think he's going to be in. I don't know what the threshold is, but I feel like once you get over a hundred, you're semi safe. It's crazy. He's done it with three teams now too. Yeah, I feel that is crazy. Like especially, been that dominant. Yeah, I mean, especially after I just brought up Clowney, like playing around the same time period, and yeah. he yeah. never had double digit. Which speaking of which Ben, you quickly look up QB. Can you share QB? Yeah, what happened with Sam Howell? Yeah, what happened? I was watching this weekend. He only got sacked like two or three times, Max. Oh, he definitely didn't get it. He I'll, definitely I'll didn't get there. Out. David Carr still reigns. But we got a chance because he was gonna get benched, and then Jacoby Brissett decided to pop a hamstring and then put Howell back in the starting lineup. So our hopes were totally dashed. Oh, how many? I can't I can't 65. Oh, so close. Bryce Young got sacked 62. Oh, well, he came in hot at the he end. Caught of the up. That is a big gap between them two and then everyone else. And then you just have 45 at Wilson. Zach Wilson had 45 sacks and he played like played 12 games the year. Yeah. Yep. That's insane. Tommy DeVito got sacked 37 times in 10 games. More than Jalen Hurts, Trevor Lawrence, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> the same as Lamar. Damn, Lamar, it's kind of not a good number, I want to say. But, yeah, so he gave it a run, though. So good for him. Giving him good run. Good run there. So. And he took all those hits for us. And we for that, we love you, Sam Howe. Yeah. <laughs> You put your body on the line. Maybe took a year or two off your career, but we love you for it. What's the most all-time sack yards? Anyone? Is there any way to? Oh, there's no way. Oh, I love the LeBron thing. All right. Well. <laughs> all right. So yeah, Sam Howell gave it a good run. So I think on that note, that's uh, about to be a wrap for episode 46. Episode 47 going to be next week. We're going to come out with some live stuff here soon and coming up on episode 50, which will be a, a fun one also. Yeah. Pumped. Oh, yeah. Super pumped about it. We're still finessing with StreamYard and just excited. Two for two in 2023. The singer didn't hold me back. Or 2024. Yo. <laughs> yeah, Good no, one. we're still working out some kinks here, trying to make sure we get all the social media and all the 
um, reels, yeah. all that stuff working properly, but we'll get there. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I like I like this view. Hopefully, this works out for for um, our Instagram post. But I do realize when when Ben when you share the screen, sometimes then it's not as full. Although I, I made my screen bigger, which actually helped. I didn't realize I could do that. So. Yeah, yeah, you can too. But. So that was pretty sweet. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Episode forty-seven. Jeez, that's not right. Episode 46. Episode 47 is next week. All right, we'll catch everyone later. Peace. Peace.